we go brownies. Here we go. Here we go brownies. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rocket brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land, let them know. Tell them, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. All right, let's kick it off on a beautiful Wednesday evening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Here We Go Brownies podcast. I'm Allie Heisong, coming at you from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Home safe and sound after a few crazy, crazy weeks of travel. But nonetheless, I am home, and I'm happy to be here. And as always, joined with us, Dustin, out in Boise, Idaho. Dustin, how are we doing? Allie, you know, I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm going to pull through. I'm going to push through. It's been a... I had a, you know, you had a travel weekend. I had a busy work weekend, um, you know, or full-time jobs. Like we have those, right? Those yeah, are we do. <laughs> um, so those are important to us. But you know what? Um, I'm excited for the show tonight. I'm excited for our guests that are on tonight. And more importantly, hey, it's been a hot minute because we actually took a little vacation last week, right? We took a little, little, a little break. Uh, even, you know, us folks need a break every once in a while. Um, so we said, hey, you know what? Let's just have a little summer you know, they're off for training camp. Why can't we have a week off? And then we'll come back with a big jam-packed show tonight. So I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, just a reminder, Dustin and I do have full-time jobs. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was nice to have a couple uh, couple of days off. Unfortunately, I was traveling for work, so it wasn't too much of a vacation. But uh, nonetheless, sometimes you got to put the mic down, let the vocal cords rest. So it was it was great to, to have a little bit of a break. Thanks for uh, being patient with us. Got a jam-packed show for you tonight. We're going to welcome Jennifer Matthews, daughter of Browns legend Clay Matthews on here in just a few moments. Um, and then later on the in the program, excuse me, we're going to welcome on Browns rookie D'Anthony Bell, who we are looking forward to speaking with as well. Good friend of the program. Um, before we kick it off, everybody, if you are buying or selling a home and you need someone who can walk you through that process, that person for you is Katie Klonowski out of Berkshire Hathaway. Take it from me, buying a home is an incredibly stressful time. Make sure you have someone who can make that process simpler. Give Katie a call today. Her number is 216-246-3336. That's Katie Klonowski out of Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, we'd like to make this uh, a relatively interactive show. So if you have any questions that you'd like for us to ask Jennifer Matthews or D'Anthony Bell, please drop them in the comments. Or if you have any questions for Dustin and I, also drop those. We might just get to those later on in the program. Um, but Dustin, it's been, uh, being sarcastic here, it's been pretty quiet the past couple of days in, in Brownstown. No. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme, Allie, that made me laugh. Uh, Browns fans, you can start drinking now. Like, literally, start drinking on Monday and just drink till Friday because you're probably going to need a few extra this week. I was like, that's about right. So, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get into that entire Deshaun Watson conversation um, after uh, we speak with Jennifer Matthews. I, I want to dedicate some time to that uh, and really be able to, to kind of go a little bit more in-depth uh, and what that has looked like over the 
the past couple of days and what that means for the future of the Cleveland Browns. But some good news, Dustin, is uh, the Browns um, have been in conversation with Kareem Hunt on a possible extension. Kareem has been very vocal on wanting to retire a Cleveland Brown. Uh, He wants to be here. He's from the Cleveland area. Um, You know, he's very, very active in the community, especially in his hometown. Uh, But Dustin, we've had ongoing conversations on here. Like, look, right now the Browns have five running backs on their roster Something's got to give. Uh, and I mean, candidly, we spoke that, you know, this may be coming up to an end of of when we see Nick Chubb, Dearness Johnson and Kareem Hunt in the backfield for the Cleveland Browns uh, at the same time. You know, that, that's a realistic conversation to have. But now that those talks are ongoing, I, I want to get your thoughts on on what that could mean for Kareem and what it could mean for the Browns. Well, you know, um, Kareem has kind of put that out in the media the last few weeks. Right. Kind of like a little hint. Hey, I'd love to f- finish my career here, play a little uh cat and mouse game right um and the the browns kind of bit a little bit and i like that because here's the thing um kareem hunt would probably be starting on 20 other football teams let's just call it for what it is right yes more than that yeah yeah i mean that's a minimum right so you have a top premier league running back with nick chubb who's also a top five running back in the national football league and they both are a one-two punch and quite frankly, I think the Browns um, know what they have in both players. Um, unfortunately, you know, because of some stuff that happened in Kareem Hunt, we got him in a deal, sure. you know, and he was able to come to Cleveland. Now it is time to pay him. Um, he's done his deeds. And I, you know what? I think a three-year deal is is very – I would be okay with a three-year deal. That makes sense. Um, it'll be kind of in his prime of his career. I don't know. What do you think, Ali? I think a three-year deal extension's about yeah, right. Look, I, look, I think um... – Two-year minimum is appropriate. Um, I think that's probably what the standard would look like for a player of Kareem Hunt's caliber, um, but also bearing in mind the injury situation. You know, this is a couple of years in now, and he's battled through injuries the past couple of years. Uh, I mean, we all know this. We love Kareem Hunt, the player, but he runs violently. You know, he yeah. touches the football um, and runs like every snap is his last in the National Football League. And with that comes some natural wear and tear. Um, and at the running back position, that that's just a, you know, they don't have a long shelf life. So I think, you know, a two to three year type of deal would be an appropriate um, allocation of funds. Um, but also you have to ask bigger, broader scope here. The Browns don't seem like they're done finalizing this roster. And I think you know, the argument can be said that they're never done finalizing the roster. That's a a weekly basis or a daily type of analysis. Um, But ultimately, if there's going to be any type of acquisition or trade, um, you know, could he be a tradable asset? And restructuring that contract um, could make that either more difficult or a little bit easier in terms of, um, you know, you know, just in terms of the contract situation and and who's going to pay what. Uh, But ultimately, I, I trust in Andrew Barry. I know that mm-hmm. the whole scope of the Cleveland Browns right now is hectic, feels chaotic, and it seems like it's quite frankly a big mess. Um, but when it comes to contracts, extensions, things like that, you know, he's proven time and time again that he, he's got his head on right. Well, and even more than that, Allie, I mean, just the fact, you know, not, not just from a pure running back, what he can do out of the backfield uh, with, you know, the ball mm-hmm. being thrown to him and stuff like that and creating different – uh, looks for the defense, I think is invaluable. I mean, that's that's a big part of, you know, why Kareem is so dangerous, I think, at times, you know. Um, and more importantly, I've seen games where the Browns have bent the will of defenses 
when they've done one, two punches, bringing a fresh Kareem Hunt in that late third, early fourth quarter. I love that, right? Like when you can push your will on another football team, that is so, that changes the dynamic of your play calling and what you do with your players that, you know, that late in the game, especially if you have a 10 point lead or something, now you just start pushing your will against that other opponent. So I, I look forward to, yeah. Yeah, I want to ask you, you know, let's just have that hypothetical conversation that the Browns give him a two-year extension. You know, he's a Cleveland Brown for the foreseeable future. What does that mean for the current state of the running back room? You know, I think the Browns still will hold four running backs. I, I still feel pretty confident about that because um, what we've learned is injuries could be – I mean, like, look what happened to the football team when we lost Kareem Hunt, right? Like, for injury. For yeah. That, I mean, so quite a noticeable difference, right? Like, whoa, hang on a minute, right? So I think you just and you know the running back is one of those positions that gets beat up quite a bit, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think you're you're probably gonna have Dearness Johnson. That's clearly he's gonna be on the roster. That's why they gave him the one year. I believe it was a one year deal, right? Is that correct? Did they get? Did they? Yeah, give him yeah, they have him through this year. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I think you mean something. I Yeah. I think Demetrius Felton will be on the roster, so I think that's kind of your four, right? Because they said that you know he'll he'll be that kind of hybrid. But those are the four that I see kind of solidifying. What about Jerome Ford? Who? Jerome Ford. I, I don't see him staying on the roster. I think he, they he just did. drafted him. Right, but again, again, we see this all the time. We've seen fourth and fifth round picks not make that, you know. So right, but I, that's still a relatively high asset you know i, I think if you were a, a seventh round pick sixth seventh round pick um like a demetric felton was last year uh yeah maybe you're having that conversation but uh, that's still a decently sized asset yeah, I mean, do i think it'll come down, do and, I think it'll, yeah and the browns have, have been fairly vocal that they like what they see out of him he's got a lot of versatility right. he's kind of like no you know, disrespect to him, but right now in this state of his career, a little bit like a poor man's Kareem Hunt. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He is versatile. He did have big-time production at two big-time universities in Alabama and then Cincinnati. Um, you have to think, I, the way I see it, Dustin, and, and not to, to really cut you off on your analysis of the running back room, but you really have to believe, obviously, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, you'll feel pretty good about. Um, he would probably become that tradable mm -hmm. asset. Um, yep. but, and then Jerome Ford. I, I think that's probably the way that would go. And if you do end up keeping, um, you know, Demetric Felton in that role, he's going to be more of a Swiss Army knife type of special teams receiving running back type of player. So in terms of the running back room, I think you really feel good about those four guys. Yeah, and to your point, is it probably a slugfest between Demetric sure. and Ford? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, but you're right. Uh, Demetric does give you more options, right? He does have more uh, multiple, you know, things that he can do with the ball on that side of the offense. Um, and, you know, on special teams, right? We know we saw that quite a bit last year. So at the end of the day, yes. Um, but I think it'll be a great battle to watch in training camp. I think it'll be it's, exciting to watch. It's going to be sure. a lot of fun. You know what else is a lot of fun? The K&D Property Group. Ladies and gentlemen, whether it's sophisticated suburban living, luxury downtown digs, or senior housing, K&D, the largest property management company in Northeast Ohio, has the perfect home for everyone. K&D is your one-stop shop for housing in the region with apartments and amenities for everyone, including residential, commercial, retail, and corporate housing. Find your dream home at KND. Visit KND.com to get started. That's the letter K, the word and, the letter D.com. And with that, let's welcome our good friend, Jennifer Matthews, to the program. Jennifer, how you doing? 
I'm doing well. Where can I get one of those t-shirts? Oh, well, yeah, I'm going to get you loaded up. We'll, we'll get you. We'll, you, you just, I want all the gear. Yeah. Well, you just, D, you just DM us and tell us what size you are. I know I have your address, and we'll make sure you get a copy. I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> you know someone? I, I might know someone. Hey, Jennifer, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm excited to be here. I am doing yeah. well. It's It's been a busy year. Um, I got engaged. I bought a oh, house. Wow. I, you know, I'm just waiting for football season to start, though. That's, like, the real – I'm, like, we're in that interesting, like, place where it's like, okay, NBA is done, NHL is done. All right, we've got baseball, but I'm really waiting for football. And obviously so, we have a lot of unknowns with the Browns, but I'm super excited for the season. So big question before he, you know, you said I do, you made sure he was a Browns fan, right? <laughs> okay, so here's the funny thing. <laughs> I'm a Browns fan. He, I said, look, this is like a non-negotiable in this family. <laughs> he is from Georgia. And I said, like, I don't care who you rooted for before. It's now all about the Browns. So he, uh, he, you know, he he knows that he knows the rules of the family. So okay, and he passed enough. the test with all four of my brothers, my dad, my uncle. So I figure, you know, he's got to be got to be a good guy. He's got to be a good guy if he gets, especially if they've all given him given him the uh, the thumbs up. So that's a good yeah. point. I'll tell you, I would pay to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Like <laughs> like that would be a pretty intimidating thing coming to like your first family function and all the Matthews men just there. That would be pretty intimidating, I would imagine. I know, and it's so funny because growing up, like anytime I had like a homecoming date or a prom date, they were always like, oh gosh, do I have to go meet like everyone? And I'm like, oh yeah, we're old oh, yeah. schoolers on here. My dad is a man who, you know, commands respect and you will meet him and you will meet my family and then we'll go from there. If you pass, then they, you know, that that's step one. But yeah, he fits in great. So that's fantastic. Oh, that's great. And congratulations, by the way. It seems yeah, that it's been a busy year, but you know what? Busy is great and we're happy to hear it. So congratulations to you and your family. Um, with that, to, to really kick it off, um, first of all, want to welcome you to the program. This is the Here We Go Brownies podcast, a show by the fans, for the fans. And to those listening, if you have any questions, throw them in the comments. We will try to get them answered for you. Um, but Jennifer, of course you come from a highly competitive family, as you just mentioned, historically athletic. But I want to hear your story. I'm really intrigued by your philanthropic and uh, humanitarian efforts, you know, and making a name for yourself in sports. So if you can paint the picture for us, what's a day in the life like in the shoes of Jennifer Matthews. And how did you get to where you're at? Okay, I'll try not to bore y'all. No, um, yes. so obviously, yes, I, I grew up in this football family. I'm the only girl. So I'm, I'm, there's me and then four boys. So my life started, obviously I had no choice. We were just, you know, immersed in the NFL. So I moved every six months. So that meant changing mm. schools, et cetera. So I learned to be extremely, extremely flexible. And yes, I, um, I, was in the world of sports broadcasting for a long time and I'm kind of coming back into it now. I've kind of just been doing it on the side, but excited for the next steps with that. I have some big announcements. Um, but yeah, so as far as holding my own in that, I think like I grew up in my dad and my family taught me, look, there's room at the table for you. You just work hard. You know, you do a good job. You treat people well, you be a person of integrity and there's no reason you can't achieve anything you wanted mm -hmm. to achieve. Um, so I had my broadcast career and that was going well. And I just really, I've always had a passion for serving. So I have traveled the world. I've been to, I've worked in orphanages and mm -hmm. in the Congo and Uganda and South Africa, 
done um, work in prisons, worked with motorcycle gangs, worked um, in Haiti in an orphanage with about 120 children who had been displaced after the earthquake there. Uh, about 25% of them were special needs and done a ton of stuff stateside as well with Make-A-Wish, Special Olympics, some pediatric cancer organizations, um, muscular dystrophy. And I've been able to use my platform to really create experiences and kind of serve what I call, you know, the marginalized and the overlooked. So I've been able to take, um, you know, sweet kids who are battling cancer and don't get the normal experiences that children you know, that we have and we take for granted. I've been able to take them to games and introduce them, you know, to my my family as well as other players. I took a kid, um, he was so sweet, to a Packers game and he got to meet my brother Clay and Aaron Rodgers and That's the cool. whole thing. And that kind of lights up my heart. Like I love sports. I am passionate. I can talk X's and O's. I can break down defenses. I'm always explaining to my girlfriends. They're like, okay, explain the rules. I'm like, how deep do you want to go? Like, are we talking like, <laughs> like defenses, like bull rushing, or are you just like basic? So I can talk X's and O's. I love sports, but the bigger picture for me and what it has allowed um, is this incredible platform to serve. And um, I currently work with an organization that serves the incarcerated as well as their families. So two weeks ago, I was in Dallas with the Cowboys and put on a camp uh, for about 200 inner city kids whose parents are in prison. Oh, and wow. then this past Saturday, I was visiting a men's prison uh, to kind of meet with the guys and encourage them and remind them that, um, you know, it's not too late to, to turn their story around. And then Sunday, every day I'm in a different state. Okay. And then Sunday I was with Kenny Clark from the Packers. So we put on a football camp and um, he had about 500 kids come and they got cleats and, so my schedule varies. My friends are always like, what state are you in today? And what are you doing? Are you in a prison? Are you in an orphanage? Are you on TV? What are you doing? So I, I keep it exciting. And I, I always say like on Twitter, when they put a location, I should be like in an airplane or like in a hotel or something. Hey, I, can relate. I can relate. I've been on the road uh, for the past two weeks. And I've told the story on here last week. Two weeks ago, I got, I was going from, I live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, I was going from New York City for work down to get home. And I got stranded in Charlotte Airport after being delayed eight times, deplaned three times. It was just a whole chaotic mess. But I get stranded there, get a hotel. The next day, my flight's canceled. So to get home, there were no rental cars. So I rented, I rented a U-Haul. I mean, like a 10-foot box truck to get home. Four hours later, I'm on your suitcase. Oh my god, oh, it was garbage. But you know hey. what? That is that you are a girl after my own heart. You just roll with it. <laughs> this, this happened to me three weeks ago. I was going from Atlanta to Nashville. No, I was going from Dallas to Nashville, and they like ten hours of delays. They lost my luggage for three days, oh. and I. I was like going to see my niece's recital at the Grand Old Opry. And then I had all these plans. I had nothing. And the airline who I will not out, but they were like, would you like a, um, you know, a toothbrush and toothpaste? I'm like, wait, <laughs> I get for three days, a toothbrush and toothpaste. Yeah, I feel like I should probably guess who that airline is. Cause same yeah. thing, same thing. Yeah. Same and issue. the funny thing is everyone thinks traveling is so glamorous for work and to do all this stuff. And I'm oh, like, no. 
No, you're by yourself. So you're like running through an airport. You're like, okay, what can I eat? Okay, I can't be on the plane in, in yep. 10 minutes. Yep. And, um, but I do love, somehow I always find a way to connect with Browns fans, like all over the country because we're it's everywhere. True. So I'll it's have true. on like a brown shirt or something. And like, I'd like to think I'm pretty friendly. So I, you know, we'll start a conversation. And then the next thing, you know, I'm like 20 minutes deep into this, like, you know, inevitably someone wants to talk about what's going on now or like relive the glory years. And my dad always said, he's like Browns fans. The most unique thing about them is they are such knowledgeable fans. Yes. Like, like they're a fan base that knows the game. They know the players, they understand. And that's not always the case. You can have passionate and, fans in a lot of cities. And know the, and know the history all the way from beginning right. to end. Yeah. And it, Yes. And it's so funny because before my dad was inducted into the Browns ring of honor, he, I wish you could have heard some of these conversations because they were so funny. He's like, Jennifer, I retired so long ago. Like, do these people even remember me? And he's like, like, I mean, I'm like, and I said, dad, I, I promise you mark <laughs> my words. And when he was inducted in that September, what was that? Oh gosh. Before the world shut down, was that 2018 or 2019? Yeah, I think it was. So they don't blend together for me anymore. Yes, when we were fully blends together. When we were there, and I had to walk with him before they announced him at halftime, and the fans erupted. And I actually just got the chills, just kind of reliving that moment. It wasn't even my moment, but just the way that the fans welcomed him back. Um I'll for, I'll never forget it. And it just um there's something special about Cleveland and Browns fans and um even this many years later, like I'm just the daughter of a former Browns player and fans have embraced me and been so wonderful. And, and again, like they're knowledgeable and I've gotten connected to people who are like, I'll do highlight videos of your dad or I'll, I'll help put together graphics, like just such generous kind mm -hmm. people. And for that, I'll always be grateful. Yeah. That's um, all I love that, Linda. <laughs> I love hearing that. Yeah. So Jennifer, yeah. Uh, one of our friends of the program, Brian said, uh, Allie and I are playing in a golf tournament next Saturday down in Beaver Creek, which is outside Dayton. It's the Beaver Creek Brownsbeckers. Uh, Hanford Dixon's going to be there. Eric Metcalf, uh, Felix and those guys. Um, and it sounds like Brian is going to be auctioning off one of your dad's um, jerseys. Uh, Cause he helps with uh, the dog shelter and finding homes for dogs, something near and dear, you know, what cause. Um, and he's going to do that for a local charity and all uh, the, the not the food bank, but the uh, shelter there. And uh, oh, in I love that. So that's pretty cool. I, I, like, I anytime that um, you know me or someone in my family can help bless someone, it's the greatest. And like I, I put up this tweet, I just really felt it on my heart during um, kind of the height of COVID. And I was like, look, if you or anyone you know, I mean, I put this on Twitter. Like, I don't, I don't know 99% of the people who follow me or whatever. But I said, if you're struggling or you're lonely or someone you know is like, please send me a message and I'll write him a handwritten letter because that's, that's oh, my wow. jam. I'm so old school. And I had probably like 50 some people reach out to me and I did it. And as a matter of fact, just today, the son of one of the um, incredible women I wrote a letter to who is in a retirement home said, thank you so much for that letter. And um, it, it was so cool. And then my dad, someone had asked if my dad would wish a happy birthday to someone. Um, and he did it. And that kind of stuff just lights me up. If you can't yeah. tell. <laughs> I love it. That's so, incredible. 
So Jennifer, I have a question. I know you were pushing really hard, you know, a couple of years ago to get your dad into the Hall of Fame. Um, we know it has to kind of go through that senior process. Now it's a different process. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure you're very actively involved in that. Um, what does that process look like, and what can fans do to help push that cause to get him inducted finally um, into yeah. the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's a great question. So as as you alluded to, he is now part of the senior category. Um, now, the positive thing is this year, um, the Hall of Fame Board of Trustees, they got together and they did make an amendment to the rule. So for three years. So it increased the number of senior candidates for the next three years, for oh, 2023, wow. 2024, and 2025. Because in the past, it was one senior candidate. And if you look at the backlog yeah. of deserving, I mean, players who are not inducted, it's like, well, how are we ever going to make a dent with these people if they don't make it in that, you know, as a modern day candidate? So right. now they increase it from one to three. So instead of three senior candidates being inducted over the next three years, it'll be nine, which does it solve the whole problem? No. Is it a, you know, incredibly positive step in the right direction? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited about that. It's a different kind of set of voters and rules for the senior um, category, but as I've gotten connected to different voters and, um, you know, everyone's always positive. And, and honestly, I think the thing that's hurt my dad is that when he retired, he's such a humble guy and he does not seek out the spotlight. Mm -hmm. So he kind of retired. And as he said, he's like, I had five kids to raise. Like I didn't have time to, <laughs> like, you know, be doing all this stuff and feel sorry right. for myself. And, yeah. and he will never promote himself. Like right. never. He is like salt of the earth. So for me, the, the whole reason I started it was obviously he's my dad. I think he's the greatest man on earth. But as a fan, I started looking at the stats and kind of doing a deep dive and comparing his stats to other, you know, currently, you know, linebackers who are currently in the Hall of Fame. And with so many of them, his stats were comparable, if not better. So I had right. to take the emotion out and go, okay, let's just look at pure stats. Okay, let's also look at the fact that sacks weren't counted as a, you know, a, you know, a stat until what was it, 83. Correct. Let's also know that, like, he didn't really get to pass rush until much later in his career. You know, he often was called to drop back into coverage, and, and really he was, like, the consummate team player. So whatever, you know, they needed him to do is what he was going to do. And so when I started, like, doing the math and looking at this, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, this is this is nuts. And so I ended up talking. That That's kind of what started my journey, and I told my dad – look, you should be in the Hall of Fame and I'm going to I'm gonna just start to try to create momentum and, and create awareness about this. And he goes, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not comfortable. It's a team sport. It's not about me. I didn't play for awards and accolades. I just love the game. And everything I did was on the teammates of my short, you know, mm -hmm. standing on the shoulders of my teammates. Right. And I said, okay. And then I went back to it. It was like the only time in my life that I was like, I'm going to willingly disobey you because I do feel strongly about this. So I'm sorry. You're like, yes, sir. And no, sir. And so that's when I kind of started. And through that like four year process, I ended up talking to like old coaches and, and teammates and opponents. And I'm talking like Bill Cower, who was my dad's backup in Cleveland and, and like, you know, Troy Palomaro, Troy mm -hmm. Paul who obviously didn't play against my dad, but really said he modeled a lot of what he does off of his styles play mm -hmm. and like um, Howie Long and Mike Munchak and, um, you know, Jim Kelly and 
um, all of these incredible people that are like the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame is is absurd. And so right. for for me, it just became kind of, I don't know, call it a passion project because I firmly mm -hmm. believe and I know that he deserves to be in there. If I could talk to voters and other players and they're like, listen, <laughs> it, it, he shouldn't be in there, then maybe I would have, you know, sure. stopped. But I, I, I feel strongly about it. And I also believe that with the type of human being he is with such an upstanding, you know, man, a contributing member of society, a humble man, that people need to see those people who deserve to be up there and see what it means to not only be a star athlete and achieve, you know, has all sorts of records, you know, in the sports mm -hmm. world, and at the same time, be a good human being. And unfortunately, the news so often is dominated by the latter, by the negative. And so I, um, I will work on that until, uh, you know, the day he's inducted. And I do think it gets me so excited and motivated when I think about Browns fans really taking over Canton because oh. like, it's going to be a party. And because it has been so long in the making, we'll just appreciate it all the more. Well, I was talking to a friend and I said, could you imagine if Joe Thomas and Clay Matthews got inducted? Oh, wow. into the yes. <laughs> into the oh my God. Could you imagine what, I mean, they would just have to shut down the city of Canton because oh. it would just be like a swell of people would just be in that city. Yeah. So. And you know, it's the greatest, such a class act, so talented. Like that would be amazing. Yeah. He's the best. So Jennifer, I'm actually born and raised in Canton, Ohio. Um, I, I am from there, well, about 20 minutes south, but nonetheless drove past the Hall of Fame every day of my life. And I am a diehard, diehard football fan. However, growing up, because it was just a normal part of our lives. I think I've been there like twice. And now as an adult, I look back and I'm like, wait a minute. I had it right at my fingertips, all of this historic knowledge, accolades, everything. Um, but just to echo your point, Dustin, if that were to come to fruition, it would just be absolute mayhem in my hometown and I am here for it and I will be there. Um, but one thing I wanted to bring up was the way you worded what you just said, you said, you know, I'm going to keep trying until the day he's inducted and just that relentless pursuit. Um, what would this ultimately mean for the Matthews family when that does happen? Yeah. You know, it was a really sweet time. Like, um, two years ago when he made it to the 25 and, um, we, you know, we have a group text with all of us and it's so funny. Cause it's like, I have four brothers. Now they're all married with kids. So we have this huge family and it, it was like we were all back to being little kids. Like he made it another you know, round. He, he made it another round. And, and even my brother Clay, who, you know, I believe is a future Hall of Famer and stuff. He was, he just so badly wanted to see my dad, you know, oh. recognized. And I think for us, you know, a, we got a glimpse of that when he was put in the ring of honor for the Browns and just to see his name up up there in the stadium next to like Jim Brown and, and the greatest Browns of all time was a moment that none of us will ever forget. And, you know, that, that night Clay happened to be on the Rams and was playing for the opposing team, which funny story. So <laughs> they asked me to be the dog pound captain, like two minutes before I'm like, okay, what is this involved? Like I've seen it, but what do you want me to do? Like I'm, you know, I'm used to speaking and all that, anything you want me to say, like, just get the fans riled up. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> well, the fans got so loud that I could not hear myself and I didn't have any in your piece. So oh. I was 
you know, and I see him telling me to wrap up and Clay that night. So Clay comes out of, you know, wearing my dad's jersey after the game. And he said, hey, Coach McVeigh, you know, the head coach of the Rams, he said, hey, what's your sister doing getting all the Browns fans, you know, all wired up? And Clay said, well, they're rooting for the Browns. Like, hello, this is, my dad's being put in the ring of honor, Coach. And he goes, man, those fans are wild. And it was just it, it was just a funny moment. But I think for us, it would just be such a sweet time. And, and my dad is just – He's just the greatest man. And and even for Clay, like Clay had such a unique, um, you know, being in the NFL and being able to call his dad and go, you know, call our dad, or, you know, and go over like, hey, what did I do right? What Did you see when that guy hit the egg? Like, what should I have done there? Like, should I, you know, and to have someone who played 19 years at an elite level, be able to really discuss it with him and break it down was just I said clearly like that is such a gift. Like think about all the amazing linebackers in the NFL and and pass rushers who can't do that. I mean they can call their dad and they can know a little about football. Sure. But you know, my dad knows like the ins and outs and the ups and downs and the physical side of it and you know different defensive schemes. And I just think that if not if when he gets put in the Hall of Fame, I just think it'll be such a huge celebration for my whole family. And my uncle Bruce, who was inducted in 2007, is one of his biggest advocates. And when he was inducted, I remember walking around, and I think this was in 2007, and there were so many Clay Matthews jerseys. And I mean, this it's like Bruce was being inducted. But you mm-hmm. would have thought, and Bruce looked around, and, and he mentioned it in his speech that, like, man, these fans are something else because, yeah. you know, and what great pride it gave him to look around and see so many 57 jersey so i'm thinking a big party and i'm thinking like big like my dream would be like to get the zach brown band at the party really cool i'm like okay the rolling stones i feel like they're you know 95 years old but big jacker's like still doing his thing i'm like, like i dream big yeah. i'm like be the party of all parties and yeah. we're going to well, acknowledge how special would it be if the nfl got it right and inducted your father and your brother in on the same year like, I think we that did be a- talk about that too, because when yeah. um, when he didn't make the cut two years ago, Clay said, "Well, maybe we can just have, you know, Junior and the third, you know, um, you know, inducted together." But they have a yeah. very, you know, a very special relationship, and not only is he his namesake, but he um, just to go on and and he'll say like, "I learned how you approach the game from watching how Dad did. I learned discipline. I learned." Um, you know, just how important it was year round to take care of yourself. And, and really, um, in addition to being a good, you know, player, being a good teammate, being coachable, being, you know, someone that represented the league in a positive light. You know, Jennifer, that's so interesting um, that Clay had that ability to go to your dad um, <laughs> for on-field obstacles and a different perspective. But I'm interested in your perspective, you know, you had – you know, four brothers, a family from the NFL. How has that shaped your mindset and the way that you approach adversity or you approach any obstacles in your personal or professional life? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what I've been able to do is take the lessons that I've learned um, and the things that my dad has taught me and apply them to everything, right? Because my dad will say, look, sports will end at some point, but, you know, you're a human being a lot longer than you're an athlete. 
So again, going back to some of those lessons, like show up, work hard, be humble, be a person of integrity, do the right thing, you know, outwork your opponent. I, I've been able to kind of approach everything, my career, both in broadcasting, but then also having worked, you know, in the nonprofit sector and, um, you know, and even on mission trips and just reminding myself, like, there's nothing I can't achieve if I don't, you know, if I put my, my mind to it. If I work hard enough, I may not be, my dad always used to say, I may not be the fastest or the biggest or the strongest, but I'll outwork everyone and mm -hmm. I will study and I will make sure. And so more often than not, that is the difference, you know? And so I find myself like, yes, I am inherently competitive and I'm able to translate those, you know, lessons into my work and into what I do. And, you know, hopefully I, you know, have done a pretty good job. <laughs> so, yes. yeah. And they also told me that, you know, you can do whatever you want again. And, and so like I was valedictorian in my high school, like I took pride in that. My dad very much and my mom emphasized like the importance of good grades and the importance of serving. And like, if there's any lesson that my parents taught me, it was, we are put on this earth to serve and not be served. And, yeah. um, to, to really show kindness and respect and empathy um, to all people of all backgrounds. So that's, that's how I approach it. That's awesome. Well, uh, Jennifer, thank you for coming on tonight. You know, we're humbled by it. It's a pleasure. We'll get you out of here on a real easy question. What is it like on Sundays in the Matthew household watching football? Yeah. You know what's so funny is we've had so many different family members on different teams. And at one point it was like my brother Casey was on the Eagles. My brother Clay was on the Packers. My cousin Jake was on the Falcon and they're literally going up against each other. So I always say, okay, like my immediate family takes precedence. You know, they're like, who are you rooting for? I'm like, what? Of course I'm rooting for my brother Clay. And um, you know, when my dad and my uncle Bruce would play each other, which would happen two times every year at the time mm -hmm. being in the AFC central with the Browns yep. and the and Oilers. Um, there's just something extra special on game day. I mean, we're, we're a very competitive family losing. We don't like it. Right. <laughs> Who wants to lose? And I always think yeah. if you're going to do something, do it and do it well. So we're definitely very competitive. And then when I added in fantasy football on top of everything, I was like, then I'm invested, you know, in this guy and this guy, but huh. it's fun. And it's just, it's kind of, as I call it the family business. So huh. in one way it's kind of like, what's it like? I'm like, well, I mean, it's, it's just normal to us. It's just, it's the family business and it's what we do. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, but there's definitely a lot of joy and, and we all root for the Browns and we will forever. And it's fun to, you know, when they're winning and just the pride and joy we take in that. Yeah. As I say, as I say family game night at the uh, Matthews household must be pretty, pretty intense. <laughs> Yeah. No one's any bit competitive, right? I mean, not, not, at, all. not at all. Hey, Jennifer, this was great. Thanks for taking the time. We yeah. so appreciate it. This was this was so much fun. Thanks for hopping on. Oh, thank you for having me. You guys are amazing. And I love Browns fans and I will forever root for my Browns. Um, and I'm looking forward to the season. Yeah, thank we'll love, we'd love to have you back. So uh, yeah. we anytime. Really You're welcome anytime. Yep. All right. And I'll I'll, I'll let, reach out to you about one of those shirts. All right, you will. I'll wrap them out here in Malibu. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Jennifer. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Jennifer. Have a good Thank night. Bye-bye. That Bye. is Jennifer Matthews, the daughter of Browns legend Clay Matthews. Dustin, that was fun. She she was great. She's, 
I, I mean, I, well, you know, so your dad has the opposite, right? He has all girls, right? So imagine yeah. being in that house with all boys and being the only girl. It's quite the dynamic, I think. Because, I, you know, it's funny. I grew up in a family where there's two boys and one girl. And my sister always says, oh, you boys. Oh, you boy. You know, like, so I can't, uh, like, multiply that and, and put four brothers in one room and one sister. But she's the oldest. So you can tell that she also leads the pack and keeps them in line, too. So Yeah, uh, that was that was. There's a lot of really good nuggets there and like not just about football perspective, but just life per per perspective. You know, there was yeah. just a lot that you can take away from that. And um, one of one of my favorite conversations we've had on here, Dustin, why don't you tell our friends about Cleveland whiskey? So, yeah, Cleveland whiskey, guys, um, it is. If you have never had Cleveland Whiskey or you've never been able to find it, uh, just go to clevelandwhiskey.com. Uh, they have great flavors like Magic Rabbit, which is chocolate and peanut butter whiskey, which has got a different twist to it. So if you're making some mixed drinks. Uh, but the bourbon whiskey finished with black cherry wood is amazing. Um, it's won multiple awards. Uh, but they have many different flavors. But if you can't get it where you live, um, go to clevelandwhiskey.com. Look for it and ask how to get it there. And find it in any of your local liquor stores in all of Northeast Ohio and all of all, all of Southern Ohio. Ask for it down there if you don't have it yet. So, Absolutely. Get your hands on that. It is divine. Um, Dustin, of course, we have to address the elephant in the room um, before we welcome on um, D'Anthony Bell here. Of course, the Deshaun Watson situation ongoing mentioned earlier in the program. It just seems that there's just a lot of chaos right now um, surrounding the Browns organization. And that is stemmed from the unknown, right? And uh, Dustin and I have, have openly said that we're not going to speculate on any disciplinary action as it pertains to Deshaun Watson. Um, this really is an airtight process. And unless you're Sue Robinson, you probably don't quite know what's going on. Um, so, you know, I wish just, I was a, a fly on the wall. And I mean, we all do. We all do. But, yeah. you know, this is um, the new uh, CBA um, agreed upon through the NFL and NFLPA. Um, and being that this is an independent process, the only person that really has any indication of exactly what's going on is that of Sue Robinson. You know, this is a process that could potentially stretch throughout the week. Um, possibly into next, we may be lucky enough to get something at the end of this week, but I probably wouldn't count on that. Um, this is a situation where she's going to meet with the parties on all sides, review them, follow up with all of them, um, and then essentially come to a decision. And honestly, Dustin, I'm not sure that I see that being done uh, before July 1st. Um, but one thing I want to highlight here that, that really, really stood out to me, um, Charles Robinson reported this. Uh, he was on um, Cleveland Browns Daily. Um, Ian Rappaport has kind of echoed the sentiment, um, but his words exactly. He says, I think there uh, there's a reason it's getting around, meaning the leaks, um, because that's what the NFL wants. Uh, what if the arbitrator looks at everything and comes back with a 10 game suspension? If everyone knows uh, the league wanted a one year suspension, it gives the NFL the ability to just say we sought a tougher penalty, but we're also not going to undercut a collectively bargained process and this arbitrator on their first big case either. So something to note, this is the first major arbitration um, agreed upon by the NFL and NFLPA. And if the NFL, Roger Goodell, undercuts or undermines what Sue Robinson ultimately decides, um, that could create a position that ultimately implies that the NFL can do whatever the hell they want to do, despite bringing in that third party arbitrator. So if, uh, you know, Sue Robinson comes back and says eight games, but Roger Goodell says 12 games, um, 
effectively undermining Sue Robinson, that's really not going to look great in terms of that CBA. Right. And from all the things that I've seen, the NFL doesn't want this to go to the appeal process either. They would like to avoid that because that opens a whole nother can of worms. Um, what I do find interesting is, and you're going to have, I don't know the name of this person, but the person that uh, if it goes to that appeal process, that's going to represent Deshaun Watson's the same attorney that represented Tom Brady and deflate gate and all these other high profile cases that have went before the NFL. Um, but what I find fascinating is the fact that we're now going into the third day, which tells, you know, in the court of evidence, there's more discovery being allowed because if it was an open and shut case, I think this would have been a one, one and a half day, but we're going into day three tomorrow of this. It could go to day four, who knows, but that's a lot of discovery and evidence being allowed to be presented to Sue Robinson. So I think that's interesting in itself, right? From the, 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 the discovery factor. So. Yeah. Um, again, the only person that knows what's happening right now is Sue Robinson herself. Um, there are leaks going on. And you have to probably anticipate that that has a lot to do with optics. Um, you know, there's a narrative, there's an agenda that needs to be fit here on all sides. Um, so I'm not surprised that that's getting out. Uh, I think the NFL probably wants that to get out. That way it can maybe set a precedent for Sue Robinson and uh, ultimately yeah. her decision. Uh, that way they aren't essentially undermining her. She already has a number in her head of what the NFL wants. Maybe a, a I, I don't know if that's ethically the best thing to do, um, but you know it's it's the NFL, um, so that's kind of where that stands. Yeah, I yeah, just the name is Kessler. Yes, I, I I gotta tell you, I am just um, oh Kessler, is that the attorney? Yes. Uh, um, I am just tired of it <laughs> to be quite honest. I mean, there's been so much of it; it just seems like it's a drip campaign. That just won't go away. Um, it just, I'm just ready for them to be for resolution, quite honestly. No matter what, like we've talked on previous shows, Allie, whatever the punishment uh, becomes of this situation and whatever both sides agree on, uh, we as Browns fans just have to live with it and move on. And if it's Jacoby Brissett for six, eight, 10, 12 games, whatever it may be, that's just what we have to go with and move on. And I just, the drama and all the different things that are out there just it's it's very exhausting so it is exhausting and i'm frankly sick and tired of talking about it and i'm <laughs> sure uh you guys are probably sick and tired of hearing about it um but that's why I, I emphasize that there's a lot of chaos surrounding the organization right now but ultimately i believe that that does stem from just the unknown uh, right. there's a lot of anxiety surrounding this a lot of anticipation uh, but dustin one thing i want to throw out at you let's just say they throw out a 12 game suspension uh, we live with it. It is what it is. Jacoby Brissett rolls out for 12 games. The last couple of games, does Deshaun Watson play at all? I, I mean, at that oh, yeah. point, you're risking, I mean, coming in for what? Five well, games. Um, you're risking injury. And then let's just say things well, are, are going well with Jacoby. I mean, do you throw throw off chemistry? Do you throw off that? I mean, what's that look like? That's a separate conversation. Well, I, I think you do, depending on one of two cases. If the Browns are not looking like they're in playoff contention, Sure. Don't risk the injury, right? That makes a lot of sense. But if the Browns are shooting for a playoff spot, I think you kind of have to take that risk, right? Because, I agree with that, yeah. Because, because he brings a different dynamic, a different skill set to the game. And by the way, 
the teams don't have any tape on him, right? We know that's the biggest thing too. You throw a guy in there that defensive, you know, defense have been watching Jacoby all year, right? They kind of know what they, they're getting with him. And then, you know, Stefanski comes out whatever week it is with Deshaun Watson. That defense doesn't know what they're going to throw at him, right? So I think you can, I mean, you can really throw off a team too, right? And, and kind of surprise them with some stuff. So I kind of, I think you kind of have to, just because if, you know, if it was, levels of competition where they stand like you know from a player standpoint maybe not but he just brings such a bigger dynamic to the football game um mm-hmm. i think you have to take that risk again uh, if you're in playoff contention I think right i think if you're really on the outside looking in and it's not even close i don't think you run the risk of injury or tape or for, for what? Or, or messing up yeah. chemistry like if you've got a good thing a decent thing going you know let it roll yeah. um but Another thing I've been seeing floating around out there is let's just say it's a north of a 12 game suspension. You know, there are other options out there. And um, right. do, you, do you look at those one being, I feel weird saying this, but Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I know. Right. It doesn't feel no, right. saying that, not, But like it's out there. Let's address it. Let's talk about it for a second. Yeah. I say no, just because you brought Jacoby Brissett in uh, the front office has made it very clear. I think in the last week or two, that if, depending on the Deshaun situation, Jacoby is going to be our starter, period. It seems like they've kind of put their foot down on that a little bit. And, you know, this is who we're going to run with. I just think with all the other stuff surrounding all the other quarterbacks, I'll name him, Baker Mayfield just leaving, I think you need not another distraction in that locker room in that in that regard. So I think, barring injury, I don't think you bring another quarterback in. That's and I think financially it doesn't make sense No, either. it doesn't. Like, yeah. at, at this point, let's just say, you know, Deshaun's out for the year. Uh, Baker is still on the roster. Um, right. You're essentially paying two quarterbacks to not play. And, right. you know, just, <laughs> I don't care what you think. That's just a terrible financial situation. But um, I agree. I think regardless of what the suspension looks like, you, you do roll out with Jacoby Brissett. Um, however, I think that it is worth – um, looking into a, a potential secondary backup, a backup to the backup, if you will. Um, you know, I, I think that you like Josh Dobbs, but if in the event, knock on wood, God forbid, Jacoby were mm-hmm. to go down and you you are in a decent situation, I'm, I'm not sure what that would look like from a, a long-term stance, uh, rolling out with Josh Dobbs for more than a game or two. Um, you know, do you look at a backup to the backup? Right. Yeah, I at this point, no. I just I, I think they they feel pretty comfortable where they're at in the quarterback room. Again, well, let me let me reiterate that. Let me phrase it differently. Once the ruling comes out, once we know what this looks like oh, in respect yeah. to Deshaun Watson, and let's just say it's north of twelve games, mm. you do that. Yeah, now that's a whole other dynamic. Yes, if yeah. it's north of twelve games, yeah, because then you do need a solid type of Correct. backup right yeah. now I, I don't know who's out there or who might be available i mean that's it's kind of i mean picking, the but. guy's still out there um but then it runs the it, then it becomes a question of okay are they better than jacoby or taylor heineke uh gardner Minshew, somebody like well, that well you know what i found very fascinating i look at these kind of rank your top 60 quarterbacks in the National Football League, right? We went through this a couple weeks ago, right? Where do we rank our quarterbacks? You know who's on the fringe, right on the outside of the 32 football teams? Mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett is on, on the fringe right there that 
could be a starter in the National Football League if given the chance. So I kind of feel very confident in Jacoby because with A, his skill set, his height, I think he can run the offense just fine. So I just found that interesting that here is a backup that we may have to rely on for some time this year, but he's on the fringe of could be starting as a regular quarterback even if we didn't have Deshaun Watson. You know I mean, like it's interesting that he's like on that fringe right there that could be, if given the right opportunity, would be a starter in the NFL, which I think is pretty interesting. I mean, I've said this on like the past four episodes that we've done, but I think it, it's worth repeating is Jacoby Brissett has never been in a situation where he knew going into the season that he was going to be the starter. Correct. And um, I think that in this situation, we're going to know probably in the next week or two what this yep. is going to look like from a Deshaun Watson situation, what this will look like um, for Jacoby Brissett. One, being able to take those first team reps in training camp and being able to really, really prepare going into the season. He hasn't had that opportunity prior uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, he's, you know, preparing to be the backup. Andrew Luck gets hurt, anticipates it's only going to be a couple of games. Turns out it's the whole season. Um, yeah. He was not put in a position to ultimately succeed you know, not having that preparation. Same with the following year, going in, anticipating being the backup. What happens? Andrew Luck retires. Of course, there he is a little bit more comfortable, but this would be the most time that Jacoby Brissett would have in preparation to be the starting quarterback of well, any franchise. And can feel comfortable not competing for that starting job and be able to go in knowing that week one, the offense is his and he's ready to roll. All right, I'm going to sneak out real quick and grab my phone to see if DeAnthony Bell is going to join us. I'll be be right back. Yeah, go for it, Dustin. I am just going to give a quick word to our friends over at Stadium Mustard. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have Stadium Mustard in your kitchen this season, quite frankly, you're doing it wrong. The iconic brand, the iconic taste, beloved from ballparks to backyards and everywhere in between. Stadium Mustard is a smooth brown mustard rich in taste and tradition. It's loved by millions. Head on over to stadiummustard.com to shop now. Uh, we're going to give Dustin a moment here. Uh, we are waiting on D'Anthony Bell. Uh, just running a few minutes behind, but you know what? That's the life of a football player. Maybe it was a, you know, he's with the, with the team getting some film in or whatever. So if he's unable to join us tonight, uh, we'll go ahead and reschedule that. But we'll give Dustin a moment here uh, to get that squared away. But ladies and gentlemen, I think ultimately this does stem from the unknown. I think uh, I'm, I don't think I am. I am anxious about what is to come. I am looking forward to having a little bit more certainty in regards to the Cleveland Browns as a whole. We talked off the top about just having uncertainty in the running back room. That, that is minuscule in comparison to what's going on with this franchise. But if I do know anything, Dustin, it's that from a defensive perspective, which hasn't had a lot of love in the past couple of weeks with all that's going on in respect to Deshaun Watson, uh, the Cleveland Browns front office, and what's going on with that, is the defense from offseason uh, programs, rookie minicamp, and all of the um, the media that the Browns media team has put out is the defense looks pretty darn good. Um, Allie, uh, looks like he'll be on in just one second. So, okay, no problem. No problem. Um, you know, Allie, one of the things I was thinking about, uh, this, you know, you know, as Browns fans, we're just, you know, we're obsessed, right? We always think of like hypotheticals. What happens? And I, you know, we've seen other teams like this of the past, the Ravens, uh, great teams with their defenses. What happens if we have one of those teams where the defense carries us to the playoffs? You know what yes. I mean? 
like wills us to the playoffs because they're just so damn good. You only have to score 14 because we're only allowing 10, right? You know what I mean? Like one of those, I think this defense with another year under their belt has that specialness. And I'm, you know, it's going to be one of the questions. I think it'll be nice to ask DeAnthony when he jumps on here. What are you feeling among the, you know, is that kind of, because it seems like Miles is kind of taking this defense under his grip this year, like, like ironclad and like, we're, we're going to, we're going right. Like we'll, whatever we need, we're, we're going to take you guys there. I don't know. I just, it seems different this year. I don't know if you felt that vibe when it comes to the defense. Yeah, no, I do. I mean, going into last season, you had nine new starters on defense. We knew it was going to take some time for them to gel. And it did. It didn't come to fruition until about halfway point in the season. Uh, I mean, I'm on record. I'm behind the mic saying, look, I don't know what's going on. Is it a scheme issue? Is it a coaching issue? Is it an athletic issue? There was just a lot. But frankly, it just took time for everything to come together. And that's the natural progression. Like, that's the way it works in any industry, let alone when you're physically putting your bodies on the line. Um, But ultimately, Dustin, I I believe that Joe Woods and this this defense are going to be rangy. They're going to be athletic and they're going to be fast. You look at all the guys that they brought in either via free agency uh, this year and last year or through the draft. A lot of these guys have a lot of the same characteristics, uh, versatile Swiss army knife, if you will, rangy. I mean, if you look at Greg Newsom and his rangy abilities, I think he's going to take a massive step in the secondary. Um, Jeremiah Usu koromoa I mean, we all know who he is and what he does. Right. And I think that bringing back to Devian Clowney and allowing um, and really allowing the pass rush to get after the quarterback is going to allow the secondary to be a little bit more locked down. But you know what? Let's go ahead and ask our friend, D'Anthony Bell, Browns rookie, D'Anthony, how are we doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? We good. are living. Thanks for taking the time. It's great to see you again. Great to see so, y'all. So, D'Anthony, we were just starting to cut into the defense, and, and uh, we were ju- we just had Jennifer Matthews on, you know, her father being the great legend, uh, Clay Matthews, a linebacker for the yeah. Browns. Um, and we talked about, you know, with all the uncertainty of what the quarterback and the offense may look like, um, it seems like Miles has kind of taken, you know, ownership of the Browns. Um, and taking all of you guys under his wing this year, we feel from a, a fan standpoint, but this defense could be pretty special this year. Um, and, and I know you just got done with minicamp. What, what, you know, what are you feeling out there in minicamp and kind of what are you seeing among all the guys as they get ready to start training camp in a couple weeks? Uh, I'm definitely feeling like it'd be a, a great group on the defensive end. You know, we got guys like miles and we got guys like uh, Grant Denzel war all stepping up and being those leader leaders of the defense. So they just uh, bringing everybody as one. Everybody's feeling like a unit, you know, even the new guys coming in like myself, everybody's just feeling very close and very, very networked. Everybody's are all tight. So, you know, when you got great chemistry, it makes a great defense because everybody can believe and trust in each other. So I think I, I agree with you said about miles, bringing everything together and Denzel, all those guys bringing everything together. It's a great group of guys. You know, when we had you on a couple of weeks ago, that was really just kicking it off um, from, you know, the draft process, the signing process, uh, really just kicking it off with offseason programs. But now we're kind of in the thick of things, gearing up for training camp. How has this changed for you, you know, as a player and as a person? You know, how have you adapted? What's it been like? Um, and, and really just, you know, paint the picture for us a little bit. Um, I think for me, it's, it's been a, a great process. You know, I've enjoyed it a lot, I think, uh, for the most part, I've learned a lot, you know, being in there with those guys and being in there with the coaching staff and guys that got so much wisdom. I've learned so much more about the game that, you know, 
you don't really get to see on in, at the college side of things. So, you know, it's a lot more in detail than, you know, uh, a lot of those guys teach you a lot of things that you probably wouldn't have thought about before in that position. And they teach you how to be in the right spot without even, you know, thinking too much on what you have to do as far as the job. So, you know, uh, just, just coming in and learning every day and just getting the, the, the view aspect of, from those guys is amazing. It's great. And uh, I'm enjoying every moment of, moment of it. So, you know, coming from West Florida and now being in the defense with Joe Woods, um, what has intrigued you about Joe Woods' defense versus the defense that you played over there at West Florida? And what have you uh, learned more in that situation, you know, from uh, from college? Uh, I think I think uh, for the most part, from my college, we ran a lot of different coverages. So a lot mm-hmm. of the things that we run in Joe Woods' defense, it ties into what I ran mm-hmm. here at West Florida. So that was a great thing for me, and that was one of the reasons that I picked to – you know, come here. And uh, I think as far as his defense, it's, it's great. I love the mentality of, you know, everybody eats, everybody's, you know, the hustle mentality, the grit mentality, the dog mentality. So I think he's a great, great defensive coordinator to have in this, this, uh, on this team. You know, they say dog pound and he has that mentality on his defense. So I'm loving it. Things you love to hear. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to ask you, you know, just as you're kind of, um, really getting your stride here in off-season programs and gearing up for training camp. What would you say have been some of your strengths so far as you've gone through some of these these programs? And what are some things that you really want to continue to work on as you approach training camp? Um, strengths for me is it's probably been like a man-to-man coverage stuff. A lot of mm-hmm. a lot of man coverage on tight ends and some of those bigger guys. For me, being bigger myself and a little bit faster, so those has been some of my strengths. Some things that I think I need to work on is probably just more knowledge of football, you know, you can never, you can never be too smart. So just always continuing to just learn different stuff about football, learning different stuff about uh, first downs and second downs and third downs and just learning those ins and outs of just certain rules in the NFL that's not in college, you know, just getting used to, you know, touching somebody when they fall down, knowing that you have to tag them down instead of they're already right. down like in college. So yep. um, just Good getting those things of like, making those small mental notes to myself to be smarter in the game and know that I'm playing NFL rules now and it's not college. So I think that's the main thing that I want to try to focus and get better on. You know, uh, Jennifer Matthews, who we just had on the show, brought up a really interesting kind of thing about her father. There will always be bigger, faster, stronger guys. Definitely. But they won't outwork me. They won't outthink me. And, I'll, you know, I'll always, you know, think, work harder than they will. Um, so I like what you're saying there with your mentality. Like, you know, I'm just going to think harder, work harder. It's just going to be my mentality to yeah. always, there's always going to be a faster guy, a bigger guy, right? You just have right. to be, you just got to outsmart them, outthink them and just outwork them. Right. I mean, just, exactly. that's the, the, the way the game is played. And those guys are the ones that have the longest careers. Um, I think it was interesting a couple uh, someone brought up a couple years ago. I saw something, they were talking about Tom Brady, right? Like what makes Tom right. Brady so, so great. And someone said, well, you go out partying tonight and having drinks. He's down there at his house going through his game plan of how he's going to outwork you tomorrow. Right. And when you show up, he's going to have you all figured out, and, and you're not going to know what to do with him. So I, I agree with that mentality. Go ahead, Alex. No, we have a, a question here from our good friend Andrew who says, do you play special teams? And with that, um, you know, last time we had you on, we talked about your versatility and, and who you are as a player. But – um, going off of Andrew's question, one, are you willing to play special teams? And two, what kind of contributor do you see yourself as going into your rookie season? Um, yes, of course I play special teams. You know, that's just, you know, my mentality to get on the field, however I can get on the field. So 
uh, when I got there, I've been on every single special teams that they put me on. So, and that's pretty much every single one. And, you know, and that's, I feel like that's one of the roles that uh, I'll play starting out. I feel like that's how I can gain my teammates' trust and gain my coaches' trust to, to know that I know my job and I know that I can do my job on the field as well. So I feel like special teams really help me out in that aspect. Well, as I say, you don't get a nickname by the nickname Lumberjack without, you know, wanting to hit somebody on special teams, right? So, I mean, that is one thing that you definitely go out there and you like to smack somebody. Um, Allie, any, any other questions? I have a question. Actually, no. Yeah, go ahead, Dustin. Go ahead. Um, you know, so you now you've been in Cleveland a little while. What's some of your favorite, because we have, you know, these are all fans. What are some of your favorite things that you've got to do um, in Cleveland? Um, and have you made it over to Angelo's Pizza? over in uh it's a big fan of miles garrett's by the way he loves right. that place um but where have you been and what has been your favorite thing to do in the city so far yeah what do you think of cleveland uh cleveland is nice I, i've been to the area like the flats area uh okay. i seen um it's a, a restaurant down there called logos i guess Lo yeah yeah i've been there it's a pretty nice place uh one of my favorite places right now was uh house of creole house Ooh. of creole was a very nice one downtown and um Ola Tacos. I'm really just been trying a lot of food places out, you know, <laughs> just going to see a lot of different food stuff. But okay, most part, I just seen like downtown, the Flats area, and then okay. just a couple of food places. Well, I'm excited for you to get this pizza place yet. Oh, you, you got, got you, you, have to, you have to do it. It's yeah, so good. So you, show the picture. Hang on. Yeah, so I've got this, a picture of it here. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got to go there. Yeah. Yes, they do double layer topping. So in this picture, it's like they've got pepperoni and cheese, and then they do another layer of pepperoni and cheese. And it is divine. So you, what you do is you got to just tell Miles because you know he's got the big paycheck. You got to say, "Hey, Miles, you should take some of the defensive guys out to Angelo." Right. And you know yeah, what? Probably say, "All right, let's go." That sounds like a good and, idea. And just tell just tell them over there. Hey, I know Allie and Dustin. They'll take you. <laughs> uh, but D'Anthony, we'll get you out of here on this one. It's it's always great talking to you. I love getting your perspective. But we're going up against a long weekend coming up, and just want to know: Do you have any exciting plans? Uh, prior to training camp, any vacations, anything like that to to get a little rest in before you go full go? Because you're uh, down in Georgia now, right? You're down. Well, in Georgia. right now I'm in Pensacola, back where and working out at UWF with okay. uh, my train, uh, coaching staff here. So, oh, cool. But uh, for me, I I don't think I deserve deserve a vacation yet. Mm. So I like that. I feel like I can't I can't go on vacation until I feel like I've earned it. You know, that's, that's how happy. I came out. And a lot of my teammates are like, oh, yeah, you need to put a visor on your helmet. You know, my guys from college, because I always wear a visor. And I'm like, I don't feel like I made the plays to deserve a visor yet. Yeah. So that's how I pride myself on, you know, just making fun of the game. You know, I feel like, oh, well, if I can't have no swag until I make those plays to show that I earned it. So that that is one of my mentality things that I do. So I don't I think it. I'm on vacation yet. You know, I got I got to put in a little more work. Yeah, I'm putting in all my work now. That's incredible. D'Anthony, thanks for joining us. We always yeah. appreciate it. Always a pleasure, D'Anthony. Well, hey, Absolutely. enjoy enjoy your workout down there in uh, West Florida with the coaching staff, and we wish the best of luck of you as training camp uh, is just right around the corner in a couple yeah. weeks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, D'Anthony. Right. Take care. That is Brown's rookie safety, D'Anthony Bell. We love having him on, a great friend of the program. And as we mentioned, guys, uh, Angelo's Pizza. If you're wondering what you should have for dinner, I'm getting hungry just talking about it. The answer for you is Angelo's Pizza. Head on over to Lakewood to get your hands on the best pizza in Northeast Ohio. Angelo's does it right. They start out with a buttery crust, and they do double-layer toppings. It's great in the restaurant, at home, and even just as great the following day. Head on over to Angelo's today. Um, Dustin, any closing thoughts as we wrap up on a beautiful Wednesday evening? 
Well, Allie, we're one show away from before we are back in Ohio. We will be, I mean, we are we are going back. Um, I am going to a place, full disclosure, I have never been to Columbus. I'm excited to see Columbus. Allie spent much of her youth in college at Columbus, Ohio. Um, we'll be down at, in Dayton, right outside Dayton, at the Beaver Creek um, Golf Tournament with our good friends uh, Eric Metcalf, Kevin Mack. Frank Minifield, um, Felix Wright will be there. Um, among a lot of our friends, they're commenting about and are excited for us to come out to Beaver Creek. Um, Allie, I golfed today. I swung the I, yeah. I, swung, I swung the club some more today with the, my boss, by the way. A shout out to him. Every time he golfs, he gets first or second in his tournament. So I take a lot, I take a lot of his like gospel when it comes to and I am a gripper. Like I want to swing it. Like it's like I want to slug it. And it's not that is not golf. You want to gently hold it's it in your delicate. Yeah. Well, it's and you have and it's more. It's more about the swing. And you don't want to grip it too hard. Um, I am afraid that Eric Metcalf, even though he told me he's bad, I also think he's a gifted athlete. He's going it's, to be significantly better than you and I are, Dustin. We're going to crash. Correct. Correct. So I feel like I feel like. Even though he says he's bad, it's probably ten times better than me. I'm just yeah, saying I'm that. horrible. I do, I've actually, full disclosure, uh, I've never played around a golf. I've done top golf a million times. I've done putt putt. That but, but, I think, but, I, but I think if you've done top golf, I think you're at least ahead of the curve because yeah. you've actually hit a golf ball and you've actually. Oh, that. I can do yeah. that. I just I'm not yeah, sure that I, I can keep it straight. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll see. I, I uh, apologize hey, get, in advance. Get, get a little Cleveland whiskey in you. It'll take the inhibitions down. You'll feel relaxed. And then I'll feel great. Yeah. Then I'll feel great. And yeah. uh, we'll make a fool of myself. So. Uh, by the way, I feel like Jennifer Matthews really hinted that she really wants some Here We Go Brownies gear. I think that was. I think we can make that happen. I think we can make that happen. But guys, thanks for, for tuning in. Yeah. I thought this was a great show. A lot of perspective gained from on the field, off the field, and everywhere in between. A uh, lot of fun uh, to be back. I'm excited to be back behind the mic uh, after some crazy day, crazy weeks of travel. Um, still some coming up, but that's okay. We're, we're, we're all good. We're full steam ahead. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and that's all I got. Dustin, any closing thoughts? You know, I don't. Um, everybody have a, a safe 4th of July weekend. That'll be coming up. Uh, celebrate America and enjoy our independence. Uh, be safe, whatever you do. Blow up stuff, but just don't do it, you know. Well, you hurt yourself, but uh, no, Allie, I'm excited uh, for next week. We'll have one more show, and then um, I hope I get no cancellations of flights. And I'm not booking, by the way, uh, with a certain airline after you. I know you're. Uh, yeah, definitely don't do that. Uh, won't say it on here, um, but, <laughs> but if you're wondering who it is, I'll gladly let you know if you message me. But um, just be careful if you are traveling. Uh, just listen, everybody. I, I travel quite. A bit for work and it's, it's nuts it's, out there right now it's nuts um on my way home uh from san diego earlier this week i was nearly stranded in detroit uh oh. which was oh. um nice airport by the way i would never been there nice airport nice pf changs uh they rerouted me from myrtle beach to charleston which was not fun my mom had to come get me in charleston it was about 12 30 uh, so we didn't get home until about it was after three o'clock in the morning. So was right now, mom, if you was your mom in Myrtle Beach or was she? She was, yeah. She was watching Birdie for me while okay. I was in San Diego, which was quite nice. Thanks, Peggy. I forgot. Um, I hope she didn't come from Cannes to come get. No, her. no, 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 no. No, she was already here. Thankfully, we had already arranged that. But right now, it is 
absolute chaos out there. If you can avoid flying, I would highly recommend it. And if you do have to fly, uh, every essential you have goes in your carry-on. Take it from me who just put everything in a checked bag and it was lost for three days. Um, and take it from Jennifer Matthews. She definitely doesn't lie. Um, avoid avoid that. If you can avoid a connecting flight, great. Um, I can't coming from a small airport. I, I, can't. I can't either. Yeah. Uh, but if you can fly to a, a city that has options, um, I highly, highly recommend doing that. Uh, just, just be safe out there and make sure that your connecting times are not smushed together. So if you are leaving at 10 a.m. and you're getting your connecting flights at noon, rethink that. Rethink that. So, <laughs> and take an early flight. Those typically go out. So if you can avoid yeah. it, I certainly, certainly would suggest it. But if you got to get out, get out. Uh, just be safe out there. With that, everybody, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it as always. And a huge shout out to our sponsors. We appreciate all of you for what you do. Uh, but stay safe, stay healthy. And as always, Browns fans, go Browns. Go Browns.